You'd think that as a video game podcaster and comedian, my life is all fun and games. And honestly, you'd be right. About 90% of the time, it's, it's pretty sweet. But every morning, I deal with something very, very serious. My face. You don't become an Edmonton 6 overnight. It takes work. And in my case, it takes good facial hair. And fortunately, I have a great facial hair tag team partner in Harry's. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set and see what I'm talking about. Harry saw the tire fire that the shaving market had become and asked, how did it get like this? Crappy plastic razors, overpriced blades, all locked up like gold bars. And they said, no, we... We can fix this. And damn it, they did. Harry's ships premium quality razors right to your door. About once a month, I check my mail and there's that little box with everything I need to keep my kid presentable status. The blades stay sharp longer, which means an easier time getting my face in order in the morning. And the razors don't look like a dumb piece of plastic that a junior high schooler uses to take care of their peach fuzz. You have the facial hair of a man now. Shave like one. I actually leave my razor handle on the bathroom counter all the time just because it looks so damn classy. Harry's blades are German engineered and they're made to last. They're the best blades on the market for the best price and you don't even have to go out to get them. Set your delivery schedule and shave like a king. I know it sounds sarcastic, but I'm being serious. I've used Harry's forever. These blades are really freaking good. Highest reviews in the industry. A money back guarantee that you're not going to need and a subscription that you can cancel anytime you want. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 191. And it's one of our prestigious Patreon poll winning podcasts. Uh, Every month our Patreons pick a game that our audience has requested to hear us cover here on the podcast, but that I've never really played. And then I put some time into it. I play it. I become an expert about the game and we end up doing a podcast about it and need for speed most wanted one february's patreon poll and this one was interesting because it is way out of my comfort zone i don't really do racing games aside from like mario kart and stuff like that very often i really don't know fucking anything about cars uh gran turismo is a series that we get asked about sometimes and i'll be honest like i don't know if we're ever gonna cover those games on the podcast just because I don't really get them. I don't think they're bad. I just don't understand them. Uh, So Need for Speed, it was requested a lot. I put it on the poll. It it not only won the poll, but it fucking dominated the poll. So I played it and I'll say, I gotta say, I, I had a really good time with it. The lack of required car knowledge really, really helped. It was really a lot more arcade-ish 
than I expected, and I had a lot of fun with it. I think it's it's stupid, but I think it's stupid in the most complimentary way possible. Like, it's a good kind of stupid. Uh, Razor is a fucking tool, but if you've played it, you already know that. Uh, my buddy Joe makes his return to the podcast this week. He knows vehicles a lot better than I do. He likes these types of games, and I uh, I think what was fun this week with the podcast was talking about how I don't feel intimidated or lost playing this game and about how sometimes it's fun to just step completely out of your comfort zone and try something bold and new and exciting. And we'll get there in just a minute because speaking of bold and exciting, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. Hardly a week goes by where somebody doesn't ask me what that soundbite is from. They're like, I can hear it, but I can't picture it. I'm never going to tell you. You're just going to have to suffer in agony until you fucking watch Space Jam again. Anyways, uh, this is our infamous intro. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Consider this your warning. The intro is kind of long, but it's fun. It's Our intro is like the shitty cutscenes in Need for Speed Most Wanted. They're like awesome shitty. That's what the intro is. Uh, but if you do want to skip it, go about 30 minutes down the road, just as a heads up. Um, we're, like, Don't skip it. We talk video games and stuff. I'm just saying, if you're like, ah, I just want to hear you talk about Racing Razor, well then, yeah, then skip about 30 minutes. Uh, we have merchandise. We have hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, all rocking some ridiculous art drawn by my man Joe. You can check out all of his work at 4545creative.com, and you can find our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested. It is a great way to support the show. Uh, and of course, if you're like, nah, close. Not for me. You can always just support us on Patreon because only $2 a month is going to get you two extra podcasts every week. Not two extra podcasts a month. You get two more podcasts every seven days. You get exclusive access to my gaming news show, Game Patch, every Friday morning where I look at all the biggest news in the world of video games. I add in my opinions and mix in some profanity and stuff like that. And you also get access to Expansion Pass every Thursday, which is a different show every week. We do uh, rankings. We look back at characters, consoles. We do some comedy episodes episodes there's modern game reviews this past week on expansion pass we actually talked about arcades arcade cabinets just that bygone era i can't imagine there's anyone listening to this show right now that hasn't played or at least seen an arcade cabinet out in the wild in their days on this rock like and they're big and they're expensive and they're kind of inconvenient and all that but they're kind of magical too and as as is becoming tradition here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of expansion pass arcades When I was a kid, we had three or four birthdays where we went to Chuck E. Cheese. And, uh, oh, my God, I love Chuck E. Cheese. And it was like the pizza fucking sucked, but it was still good because it was pizza. And, of course, the ball pit was incredible, even though you know some kid pooped in there. And you would get the tickets that you could go and get a crappy prize that you would lose within 20 minutes of leaving the store. And that was always fine, too. But the thing I remember the most is going to Chuck E. Cheese and then getting each kid would get so many tokens that you were allowed to just go and fucking use for whatever you want. And I would use one or two in like skee ball or something so that I could get enough tickets to get some kind of shitty prize. And then all the rest of my tickets were going into those arcade cabinets and they were always going into one of the holy trinity of beat em ups. And I think you all, I guarantee you, if I just stop for five seconds and tell you, hey, what's the holy trinity of arcade beat em ups, retro arcade beat em ups, I guarantee you, most of you can name all fucking three of them. So that episode is now available on our archives. And this week for Expansion Pass number 104, our our topic was up to our community, up to the patrons, and the game that made you a gamer. 
ran away with the topic poll. So I'm going to get into some of the games that had really big influences on me. Most of you know I got started with Super Mario Brothers. I love Super Mario World. But I'm going to get into games that introduced me to new genres or consoles, games that brought me back to gaming after a break. I'll read some of the community's picks as well. Uh, should be a fun episode. So again, two bucks for the whole month gets you two additional shows every week plus instant access to over 200 archived bonus podcasts plus access to the remember the game discord which is just growing like a fucking weed the chance to vote in our patreon poll at the beginning of every month the ability to submit comments to be read on all of our podcasts and you get a shout out right here in the intro and get to hear me mispronounce your name like i'm about to do to most of these people a huge thank you to our newest patrons ben smith Hall of Famer LP Cole, Delhi 16, Dylan Livingstone, Matthew Pierce, Eel Neckhart, Railroader 69, nice, Dan Torma, Thad Karen, Julio Castello, Warren Fairbanks, and Stephen Cunningham. I feel like this might be the first week ever that I didn't fuck up anybody's name. I, I probably did, but I feel if, if there ever was a week where I didn't, this was the fucking week. Uh, a huge thank you all very much. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries. If you're interested in more information, go to patreon.com slash remembertheGame. I would recommend as this episode is going live on March 30th, if you do want to sign up, wait, just wait till two days. Sign up on April 1st, because if you sign up on the 30th or the 31st, they're going to charge you, then they're going to charge you again on April 1st. So just give it like two days and, and, and then you get a whole month of it i'm trying to look i see i'm not a jerk i'm trying to look out for you guys patreon.com slash remember the game and please don't forget five percent of our patreon every month is donated to uh my remember the children 24-hour charity stream at the end of the year we're going to be donating all that money to the stollery children's hospital here in edmonton we're over 500 dollars already raised and we're only three months into the year so it's going to be big so you're helping the kids getting extra podcasts and supporting a little crappy independent content creator from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, all at the same time. And finally, you can find me on Twitch if you're interested. Twitch.tv slash member the game, not remember, member the game. I'm over there most Tuesday nights and then just whenever I can get on during the week. Sometimes I'm playing games. Sometimes I'm just building Lego and chatting with the community. It's completely free. I just want to see your, I guess I won't see your face. You can see my face. I can see your chat. It's fun. Twitch.tv slash member to game. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow in some cartridges by blowing some of you. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Let's blow our first blower this week is Hall of Famer LP Cole, who wrote in and said, Hey, Mr. Blank, a new hot dog here. Just, <laughs> it's funny whenever someone calls me Mr. Blank. For any of you that are Simpsons fans, there's a classic Simpsons where they go to Camp Krusty and there's uh they roll out like an intro video and Krusty's like hey kids I'll be there in a few short weeks until then I want to turn things over to my good friend and it's been obviously voiced over terribly and so it goes from Krusty's voice to just Mr. Blank I want you to treat Mr. Blank with the same respect you would treat me and so uh I have a lot of some friends who every time they see me they're like it's Mr. Blank so anyway I didn't that that's wasting your time i talk about wasting your time on the show sometimes mr blank that wasted your time anyway hall of famer lp cole wrote in and said hey mr blank a new hot dog here i just wanted to say your show has gotten me through a lot of shitty work days and i appreciate it i was curious what your snack of choice was while gaming keep up the great work uh usually just i like popcorn i like stuff that like isn't gonna and like i know some of you are gonna be like holy fuck you're lame but like um i i, I do put butter on it sometimes but when i'm gaming i just eat it with salt that way my hands are clean i'm rocking that ps5 dual sense controller and i'm not getting it all grubby and gross with cheeto fucking shit everywhere uh yeah popcorn plus i can just eat it with my mouth like i just i, I just muff dive right into that bowl of popcorn that's yeah that's my go-to 
Go to snack. Thanks, Cole. Welcome to the community, buddy. Uh, Blade wrote in and said, hello, Mr. Blank. That's two in a row. First time writing in, really loving your podcast. I work at a hobby shop and I have to build model kits for display in my off hours, mainly Gunpla. Look it up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is. And almost always have your shows playing in the background through the hours this process can take. Going back to your Shadow of the Colossus episode, screw you for your comments about Wander's horse, Agro. Seriously, your only friend in this desolate, barren landscape, he's probably my favorite horse in all video games. Yes, even more than Shadowmere and Epona. And I'm willing to be put on any level of probation just to tell you this. So anyway, I just wanted to say thank you for the time and effort you put in these awesome podcasts. Good day from down under and always looking forward to the next one. Cheers. Well, thanks, Blade. I hope you're listening to this while you work. Uh, you know, listen, hey, I like the horse from Shadow of the Colossus. As far as him being a horse, Agro is great, but he just is broken. He just doesn't control good. And most games have horses that control really good. It's not that hard to make a horse that controls well, but for some reason, Agro just doesn't fucking get it. So I like Shadow of the Colossus and I like that horse, but he handles like a shopping cart with three wheels. I'm fucking facts are facts the greatest horse in the history of video games is oh no matter what i say someone's gonna yell at me i'm gonna say roach from witcher 3 he's my favorite horse of any of them but most horses are i like horses horses the horse from gunsmoke is pretty handy too if you haven't if you don't know that we just did that game on the, on the show a couple weeks ago that horse is uh that horse takes one for the team he's a he's a beast that guy Thanks, Blade. Uh, Julio Costello wrote in and said, Howdy. Just, howdy, Julio. Just became a patron. Got to say, you have a massive backlog. Per perfect for listening to at work. I'm still on episode number 138, a long way away from this game. Thanks for the hours of entertainment. And my question is this. Who is the greatest tag team in WWF slash WWE history? I missed the wrestling talk from older episodes, so I wanted to bring it back around. Oh, that's tough because no matter what I say, somebody is going to give me shit. I will, and you're not, so greatest tag team in WWF, WWE history. My my favorite tag team is maybe the Hardy Boys and they're up there, but I will say either the Road Warriors because I fucking love the Road Warriors or the Dudley Boys. I, I really do think the Dudley Boys are the greatest tag team of all time. Maybe some people are going to be like, you're an idiot, you forgot this team and this team and this team and this team. I know. But I'm a pretty, the Dudley boys are pretty fucking badass. So I'll, I'll say the Dudley boys and you can feel free to yell at me if you want to. Thank you, Julio. Uh, Rainbow Rooster, or pardon me, Rainbow Rooster 4 wrote, not the first original, this is the fourth Rainbow Rooster, wrote in and said, hey Adam, how do you feel, one more wrestling question here, how do you feel about the recent news about Triple H? If you don't know, he had a major health scare in the last few months and went quiet until, uh, I went quiet about it until this week when he announced he's officially retiring from in-wing wrestling and will only be an executive from now on. Triple H was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up and it was really sad to hear, but at least he made it out of his situation alive and well for the most part, coming right after Scott Hall's passing. It didn't help soften the blow, that's for sure. Love you, man, and have a good day. Well, thanks, Rainbow Rooster. Um, you know what? I it's I was talking with my buddy about Triple H on the weekend. Until his quad injury in, like, what was that, 2001? Until he got hurt, he was actually one of my absolute favorite wrestlers ever. Like, I love DX Triple H. I love Snobby Triple H. I love the game Triple H. My time, like, Corporation Triple H. He was, because I love heels, and he was a great fucking heel, and he looked like a million bucks. He was a great wrestler. But then when he came back from that injury, I think anyone that knows, like, he killed wrestling for me. Because it just got to the point where he was like, bro, like, you just shit on everyone you shit on Kane you shit on RVD you shit on Booker T you shit on everybody and it fucking sucks like go away so I did I I did go from being a huge Triple H fan to not being able to fucking stand Triple H 
Uh, that said, I do agree. Like, I love wrestling. I'm glad the guy's healthy. I'm glad he's doing okay. I'm glad he got out with his health as intact as he could get out with after the run that he had. And he's one of the greats, no question. But I, I kind of resent him. And he should have fucking put Sting over. And I'll die on that. And I don't even like Sting very much, but I'll die on that hill. He should have lost to fucking Sting. But anyways, that's my thoughts on Triple H. Uh, also my favorite match in Monday Night Raw history was when Chris Jericho didn't beat Triple H for the world title, but did. If you don't know, look it up. All right. No more wrestling questions. I promise. Uh, red eye Jedi wrote in and said, if you could interview any celebrity dead or alive, who would you interview? Mm, that's a good question. I, I'll say Robin Williams. I'll say Robin Williams. And obviously that he is dead, unfortunately, but, uh, I'm a pretty big fan. Or Rodney Dangerfield would be pretty rad too. But I just, Robin Williams is just like the most charming guy ever. So I, I think I'll say Robin Williams. Uh, Joe Altieri wrote in and said, what's your view on the PSP? Overrated or underrated? Uh, truth be told, I don't think I've ever played a PSP. I know it. I know that everybody loved it because they could hack it super easily. Um, I had a PS Vita that I think is underrated as fuck. But I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever played a PSP in my life. And that nobody send me a PSP and be like, you got to try it. Like, that's not what I'm fishing for. I just, to answer your question, I, I don't think it's overrated or underrated. I think that it was, um, I think if it wasn't so easy to hack, it, people wouldn't have given a shit about it. But because of that, it's, that's its legacy. And I think it deserves, I think it, yeah. I think the Vita's underrated. I think the Sega Dreamcast is criminally underrated. Uh, but I, I I think the PSP is right about where it belongs, frankly. I think that's where it's supposed to be. Uh, two more here, and we'll move on. GC Freak wrote in and said, serious question, Adam. Good, because I don't answer non-serious fucking questions. Uh, uh, since football isn't going on anymore, will you be doing streams on Sunday that the whole community can get involved in? I really had a blast playing Mario Kart with everyone. So uh, not every week, um, like not every Sunday or anything, but I'm going to try to do a few of them. If you don't know, I was playing Mario Kart with the community uh, on Twitch about a week ago. It was a really good time. And I do try to play with the community on occasion. Uh, I usually go into Patreon, or not Patreon, pardon me. I usually go into our Discord uh, which I will, I'll be honest, it is Patreon exclusive. I'm not trying to convince you to sign up for the Patreon to play video games with me because I, I don't play with the community very often and it's usually first come first serve. So don't sign up just to do that or anything. Um, but I, yeah, I am going to try to do it a little bit more often. It's, it's more of just a, like, I don't get a lot of time to hang out with my girlfriend. Plus I need to play a lot of single player games for the podcast. So I don't get a lot of time to play period. Um, and I've had some great experiences playing games with the community and I've had some awful awful experiences playing games with the community smash brothers which is never happening again uh so i i don't want to say that i'll do it every sunday or anything it'll just be a when i have time like a couple times a month probably it, when when my comedy schedule uh, allows it yeah i'll hop into the discord and try to set stuff up but i i don't want to set it to like an official day because my schedule changes so much uh week to week due to the old stand-up comedy side hustle uh thanks freak and finally before we move on it's letter time it's letter time slick rick wrote in and said, Dear Adam, I just wanted to shout out the entire hot dog community. As you know, my son was just diagnosed with a lifelong illness. The support that you've given me and my family is unreal. Many, many hot dogs have reached out to me asking if there's anything they can do for me and my family, including playing Among Us and giving me the best night I've had in a long time. Rest assured, my son is home and doing exceptionally well. This community has been nothing short of amazing, and the fact that you donate a portion of your Patreon earnings to a children's hospital is exceptional. Thank you for building quite literally the best community on the internet. I will be a hot dog for life. Ah, oh, jeez. 
I'm going to start balling here. Um, no, um, but no, I don't mean to make fun of it. I'm not at all, Rick. Uh, thank you, man. And uh, it means a lot to me. And obviously, yeah, we've been in talks. I'm glad that you're uh, the boy, as the as Homer would call him. I'm glad your son is doing well. And uh, I get a lot of comments like this um, about the community and how awesome our Discord is and how supportive the community is and how positive it is. And um, I, I appreciate all the comments, but I re like this isn't on me. This is on the people around here that don't suck because there's a lot of other podcast hosts out there that probably aren't pieces of shit, but a lot of people in their community are like you, go on the internet, look up literally any topic in the history of the internet on Reddit or social media or something. And you'll find pieces of shit. They're out there. It's the internet's covered in, in them. Uh, but for some, whatever reason, we're coming up on our four year anniversary and we've managed to avoid a lot of that negativity. And I don't quite sure how I think, positivity breeds positivity and we just have a really good group of people around here so thank you uh for the compliment but i don't want to take the credit for that that goes to everyone in our community that's just not a dick that's all you have to do to fit in around here is just not be a dick like i'm that's that's it just if you're like dude adam sounds like just a touch of an asshole i could be less of an asshole than him you're gonna be just fine that's all you gotta do to fit in around here so thanks rick and i'm glad that your son's doing well and shout out to everyone that reached out to rick fucking right so that's that's good that's nice that's good stuff um thank you to everybody that submitted a comment this week we're gonna move on let's get into our smash hit segment the official game show of remember the game industries play one remake one erase one And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third is a race from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get there in a minute. And I figured since we're talking Need for Speed this time around, we'll go with three racers as our contestants. We've got Burnout 3, Gran Turismo 3, and Midnight Club 3. And I'm not going to be yelling at anyone for erasing any of these this week because I know nothing of these games. Like, I'm sure there were some episodes of Jeopardy back in the day where Alex Trebek, like, barely even knew how to pronounce some of the answers that he was reading to the contestants. That's how I feel right now. I am just, I know nothing of these games. But the poll was a runaway. 39% of the listeners said to play Gran Turismo, remake Burnout 3, and erase Midnight Club. Uh, I would like to point out that only 11 votes out of 160 wanted to remake Gran Turismo 3. 96 out of 160 wanted to play it. So apparently Gran Turismo 3 is very, very good. Uh, let's see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you what my answer is. Spencer Whitledge wrote in and said, I feel like I finally have an opinion here because I actually played all of them. I'll play Burnout tons and tons of hours just playing that game. I still fire it up now and again just to wreck stuff. Remake Midnight Club. Great concept. That would be awesome with a fresh remake and some polish. Erase Gran Turismo. It was the first racing game I really got into, but Forza did it so much better. Send your hate letters to Spencer at, no, I, I don't know Spencer's email, but I, I just, I like the idea that we're going to come out of the gate with somebody erasing Gran Turismo because it seemed like next to nobody wanted to do that. So uh, I like the, whew, to say Forza is better. I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but I guarantee you that got some blood boiling on a couple listeners. I promise you it did. Uh, Alaskan Bullworm said, play Gran Turismo. I missed that one as a kid. I'll remake Midnight Club. This is the series I'd like to see revive more than any other in the world which leaves a racing burnout. I think I played this one briefly, but Midnight Club and Need for Speed were more my style of racer. Car customization and free, room, free roam exploring are half of a racing game to me. So if those are missing or lacking, I'm not interested. So Burnout doesn't have 
car customization and free roam exploring. See, I don't really care for those two things. So maybe I would like Burnout. Maybe I'll have to try this Burnout game. Joe suggests that in the podcast that I got to try Burnout next. Uh, Dusty Salad said, play Gran Turismo. This game is a soft spot in my heart. I spent hours and hours watching my old man play this on the PS1, and eventually I got my own memory card so I could play this game and not fuck up his save. Remake Midnight Club. This is a series that Rockstar should come back to, but they won't because of the success of GTA and Red Dead. My favorite part of these games was honestly just driving around the map, not even racing. Rockstar also hit some collectibles around the map, which rewarded exploration, and then erased Burnout. I played this game as much as Midnight Club. I just feel Midnight Club has a higher ceiling to be remade. The takedown and crash modes were my favorite part but i didn't find the racing to be that fun hmm all right all right fair enough i i don't man you guys are making burnout sound like a really good time uh titan 420 despite the fact that the last two people that wrote in are erasing it uh titan 420 said play gran turismo 3 it's awesome enough said remake burnout just imagine the crash physics on next generation hardware erase midnight club i've never been a fan of the arcade driving style of these games so what the fuck so is burnout just like a car crashing game because that that sounds my fucking speed that sounds great uh, Mercury869 said as a racing game aficionado I would do the following play Gran Turismo 3 probably the best version in the series this game is a fantastic driving game for the PS2 the game is super deep and is great for anyone looking for a more realistic game remake Midnight Club this is absolutely fantastic it could need for speed underground and just made it better with the addition of motorbikes and the ability to truly get to the finish line in any way possible I played the shit out of this on my Xbox and loved it erase burnout when you truly boil it down these games have very little in replay factor the story mode although cool did not require you to do much other than drive the car from point A to point B or blow a bunch of shit up. This game, and quite frankly, series will not be missed as there are other arcade racers in the era and on the and on the market that provide more meat on the bone. I did not realize so many people hated Burnout. That makes me want to like it, kind of. It's not hate, but a lot of people are just like, it's the least good of the three. Anyway. And finally, Eel Neckhart wrote in and said, play Burnout. There's one. Burnout was fun and still is. I don't think AAA presentation is necessary. I agree with that just as a whole. Uh, remake Midnight Club because Rockstar stopped making these, the bastards. I love 3 and LA, and then they just stopped. Erase Gran Turismo 3. It's the game I played the most out of these three. Pretty for the time and a great soundtrack, but Gran Turismo 4 and Gran Turismo 6 were just plain better. Six cars per race, terrible AI, and poor driving physics mean there's no reason to go back. We essentially have a modern remake in Gran Turismo 7. Now, I like that comment because I know a lot of people are mad about Gran Turismo 7. So, I just read it to try to get a little bit of heat on Eel Neckhart. So, thanks for putting your neck out there, Eel. Get it? Eel Neckhart? <laughs> Anyways, uh, a whopping 4% of you went the same way that I did this week, including, uh, I didn't, I never intend to read somebody's comments twice, but sometimes it happens. Rainbow Rooster 4, who said, play Burnout. Those games hold up to this day and are among my favorite racing franchises of all time. Remake Gran Turismo. The new one may be a steaming pile of manure, but the old ones are classics and deserve at least a touch-up. Erase Midnight Club. People only like it so much because Rockstar made it. It literally wouldn't change a single thing about Rockstar had it never existed. So, not necessarily by the same logic, but that is what I would do as well. I would play Burnout because as I've been implying for the last 10 minutes, I think it sounds like my type of game. It sounds like a lot of fun. I don't care if it's AAA. It sounds stupid and cartoony, and that's what I'm all about. So I'll play that one. I'll remake Gran Turismo 3, and I'll only remake it to look like Gran Turismo 7 so that people that hate Gran Turismo 7 have an alternative to play. Uh, and then I'm going to erase Midnight Club uh, just because I think it's got the lamest name. And I did play a little bit of it, I think, when it first came out. And it was okay. But I want to try Burnout. I want to remake Gran Turismo for all the Gran Turismo fans. 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to race Midnight Club because that's the stupidest name. Midnight Society better than Midnight Club. Shout out to anyone that gets that pull. That's old school, the Midnight Society. Fuck yeah. Anyway, thanks to everyone that wrote in this week. What have I been playing over the last seven days? And then we'll get into Need for Speed. Um, not very much because I've been doing lots of stand-up comedy. But I have been plugging away at Horizon Forbidden West. It's good. I'm going to review it on Expansion Pass maybe even next week if I get it done. The thing about Horizon Forbidden West is that I'm like this with every open world game. I start an open world game that I'm really into and I'm like, I'm going to do everything. And then after a while, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to beat this story and then I'll come back and do everything. And then after a while, I'm like, Jesus Christ, just get through the story. And then I finish the story and I'm like, I never want to play that game again. And that's kind of the phases I've been going through with, with, with Forbidden West. It's a lot of fun, but there's a lot of content in there. And I went from being like, this is great, to being like, I kind of am bored of all the side content. But it's a cool game. I've also been playing Final Fantasy Tactics, as that is going to be our hopeful focus for Remember the Game number 200. I'm not saying anything about it. You can all hear what I think on the podcast. And I've been playing Sonic 1, the very first Sonic the Hedgehog, the first Genesis Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, because we're going to cover it on next week's podcast leading into the movie of Sonic 2. And I know a lot of you are like, well, why don't you cover Sonic 2 leading up to the movie Sonic 2? But that's because we already covered Sonic 2. We've never covered the original Sonic. So that's what we're going to cover probably next week. So I've been playing it. I got to say, whew, Sonic 2 is a lot better video game than Sonic 1. Holy fuck. But we'll hear more about that next week. Let's talk Need for Speed Most Wanted. That's why you're here. As always, I like to give a couple of you a chance to sound off on the game we're covering before my guest and I hug the spotlight. Zach Coiner wrote in and said, there are a lot of great things I can say about Most Wanted and I still wouldn't do it justice. One of the greatest racing games of that sixth generation, maybe even of all time. I have the only game from that generation that I have to compare this to is Mario Kart Double Dash. And I would put Need for Speed Most Wanted uh, just a fraction below Mario Kart Double Dash. I know they're very different, but I know other racing games to compare it to. It's really good. Uh, Tennessee Bottle wrote in and said, bro, the memories on this game. One of the last true fun Need for Speed games. My favorite, of course, being Need for Speed Underground 2. The fun I had just running from the cops and getting my heat level up. I would have my ex-girlfriend watch the minimap to tell me which direction the cops were coming from. This game is such a gem. And it is, but those cops fucking ruined it for me, as you're going to hear in a minute. Fuck those cops. Fucking, oh, the fucking Need for Speed Most Wanted cops. They go from just, like, Springfield Police Department to the goddamn fucking avengers in like 30 seconds uh chalupa cabra wrote in and said this is hands down my favorite need for speed game i used to spend hours upon hours playing the chase and evade missions on repeat i love how difficult they got the longer you could keep the chase going which is kind of what i was just talking about they get fucking tough but they are fun though uh and luca wrote in and said i loved the cheesy so bad they're good live action cutscenes. the police sergeant is such a ham that's one of my favorite things about this game as you're about to hear the cutscenes in this game are epic levels of fromage and i fucking love it i love it it is oh all the cheese it's fucking outstanding and you're let's let's talk about it that's why you guys are here let's talk need for speed most wanted i am going to cue up some music and when it stops my buddy joe and i are going to talk about need for speed most wanted which originally released on the ps2 xbox and gamecube back on november 15th 2005 enjoy the podcast everybody let's go If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone. Like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but 
kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That could be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001. And a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac and every 15 minutes on the clock they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If if you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a crash plan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Okay, so joining me via the blank phone this week to talk Need for Speed is uh, not only a good buddy of mine, but I, I, and if any of my other regular guests are listening to this and you're like, I, I like cars, um, I'm sorry, I didn't know that any of you liked cars, but I think the only gearhead on my roster of podcast guests is my, uh, is my buddy Joe. How's it hanging, man? <laughs> not too bad, buddy. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm <laughs> This this game is so fucking stupid, uh, but I'm good. Listen, I don't want like I'm not shitting on it for anyone listening to this who's like, hey, I love Need for Speed. I I like this game. I actually liked this game substantially more than I thought I would. Uh, but Joe and I were literally just talking about this before we started recording. We're talking Need for Speed Most Wanted, and I sometimes like if we're talking like a deep RPG. I'll warn my guests, like, hey, don't spoil when so-and-so dies or, you know, whatever, like a big storyline moment. But Joe and I were just talking, and I was like, bro, fucking spoil anything you want in this game. Joe, this – have you played any other – do you play – have you played Need for Speed? Is this the only one you've played? No, I've, I've played most of the series right from the very beginning. Okay. Uh, <laughs> are all the stories this stupid? As far as I can remember, yeah, absolutely. There's <laughs> – I mean, it's not in depth. I mean, it's not an F1 or a NASCAR or like a Gran Turismo or anything crazy like that. I mean, you know, the series really kind of involved to let's just outrun the cops and make shit as interesting as possible. And that's how the whole series is gone. Right. And like, and I mean, go ahead. I said, like, I mean, I think this version of it, I mean, it was a great introduction into that, especially having that police presence in there and the different ways that they are trying to, I'll stop you and take you down. Yeah. And like, listen, I, this game, I had a fucking blast playing this game. This game is fun. And I'm not going to sit here and re- like, 
fucking give a give a car game a bad review because the story was stupid because let's call it like let's just be honest like it's one thing when it's a, like an f1 or something where like you don't even need a story it's like you you want to win championships like that i get that like this isn't that they have to have a reason for you to be ripping around in this fucking car causing all this mayhem i just and i don't know i haven't seen the fast and the furious movies so i don't know if this is what the fast and the furious movies are all about but like the story in this game where the fucking cop like pulls you over and says like he's watching you and then the like underground street racers like Razor the leader of them doesn't want you in town but then this girl like wants you to be in town and you have to race against all these people and climb their ranks to go race Razor to like avenge your fucking stolen car or something and I just was like I guess there's a reason for me to like go from boss race to boss race but the the dude Joe I love cheesy voice acting and cheesy cinematics in my games this might have the fucking cheesiest dialogue i've ever seen in a video game in my life ever okay this is so early 2000s though it is and i'm in every yeah, aspect you're right it is it was like leaning into that fast and the furious style fucking like era of movies i know they're still making those fucking things but like this was when it was like hot and fresh and i get that like this is one of the first games that did kind of like those types of like the cg or like the green screen the green screen style cutscenes, and and like i'm all for cheesy voice acting i've talked about how i love it in the old games and it's not it's come a long way from back then but like <laughs> i think it's great i don't mean it as a detriment when we score this game it's getting bonus points for the amount of cheese like you need to do your voice acting one of two ways you either need to like make it like real and sincere and deep and like empathetic and awesome or you need to go completely the opposite and lean so far into it that it's just so bad that it hooks back around into being good do you know what i mean you know, oh 100 i don't think that they meant for this to be as cheesy as it is though i think they were trying <laughs> to literally you know, stick to the rails of what this game was supposed to be. And well, it's cheesy as shit. Though. I, I agree. I don't think that was their intention, but it worked. Oh my God. It's so fucking, it's so fucking stupid. But I love it. So, <laughs> um, so that's plus one. All right. Cause like I've, I, I legitimately have way more good things to say about this game than bad. I really only have one major criticism and I'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But for the most part, I, I, I like this game. So, like, if you've never played it, you, like, you're, like, a street racer in, like, this new town. And then you meet some of the other street racers. And then the leader of them hates you. His name is Razor. And he challenges you to a race. But he, like, he cheats and he, like, wrecks your car. So, it, like, breaks down or something during the race. So, then he takes your car. Um, and then the cops are all over you at the same time. And then you basically have to go to this blacklist which is like these 15 ranked street racers and you have to challenge them one at a time. They're like boss, they're boss fights, they're boss races. And as you beat them, you climb the ranks to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. And you have to like, um, uh, achieve a certain number of like objectives, like win X amount of like other races or do X amount of challenges or, or get this much bounty with the police, which we'll get into, uh, to like, to, to, um, uh, make the next guy on the blacklist the next racer like feel like you're worthy of racing them like you need to have enough street cred to like race them and and i gotta say like as a just as a whole like sure it's stupid but i actually thought the system worked surprisingly well i don't know if the other need for speed games work the same way or not but i thought this worked surprisingly well it was fun it was just fun to play it wasn't it wasn't overly complicated like to well too advanced like to keep going in the storyline as lame as it was no it, <laughs> it wasn't was pretty 
it was clear what you were doing or what you were meant to do in the game. Yeah, the only thing I found confusing was like for each racer, you had to win a certain number of other, of like smaller races against just like you know generic other racers, which was that was the highlight of the game to me was those. Um, you had to do a certain amount of like milestones, which would be stuff like getting, uh, we and here in at Edmonton, at least we call them photo radar tickets, but like speed radar, like you had to get so many like radar tickets or, or, you know, whatever the other challenges are. But then the, the one thing I found just a little bit confusing was you had to get so much bounty. And I did find that a little bit confusing to figure out at first, because like your bounty is this constantly climbing number of, it's basically like a score, but it's how much the police are after you. And you have to like start challenges where you're basically just running away from the cops. And then it expects you to do other things like hit 10 cop cruisers, get through three roadblocks, do $20,000 worth of damage to the town to add up your bounty. And maybe it's just me. I don't know if you struggled with this back when you played it, but like it took me a while to understand exactly how all the bounty thing worked. It wasn't like just GTA with like, the more damage you do, the more stars you get, the more they're after you. Like I couldn't quite figure out what they wanted me to do to get this bounty up for a while. But then once I got it, it became a lot of fun running away from the police. It was actually a pretty good time. Yeah. I, I don't think it was as clear as it could have been for that. You know? So yeah, that was it to take, you know, I get whatever it was points of bounty, do this, do this. And you're just like, okay, but now I'm trying to outrun the cops, still trying to hit those, like I said, the photo radar tickets or go through so many, you know, uh, police barricades. It's just, it wasn't very well laid out that way to start with, but no. And especially considering like how, like it's so obvious you go into your menu and you can pick a race you want to play and you have to win. Like they give you maybe seven races to choose from and you have to win four of them. And it's like, well, this is yeah. easy. And then it's like, you have to like, you know, get so many, uh, speeding tickets and stuff like that. And that's easy to like, those were easy to do, but the bounty just seemed a little bit. And again, maybe it was just me, but I just found, and I'm not, it's not even really a deterrent to the game. Um, I, I just found it like the first three or four people, I, I, the, the blacklist members, like the bosses, I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do to get this much bounty? Cause I was like, I need to have like 30,000 bounty. And I just racked up like 200, like running away from the cops for 10 minutes. But then slowly I started to realize like you have that heat meter down by your map. And the more you run from the cops, the higher the heat meter goes and the higher level of heat you have on you, the more cops they send out, which means more damage you can do, which means quicker your bounty can grow. And then it, then it all starts to line up and make sense. And I, yeah, like not bad. I just I, like do, cause I will say like running from the cops was a fucking really good time in this game. Um, it might be the funnest part of the game. Yeah. Although like, so, okay, well, you know what? I'll just get my one negative out of the way and then we'll finish talking about all the good because there's way more good than bad. That's also my biggest negative to the game, though. In my, like, I, I'll be honest, like, I didn't beat this game and I really did try. I didn't quit because I was bored. I really tried. I just found this game went from, like, I, I, I they didn't really nail the, the difficulty curve, in my opinion. This game went from, like, painfully easy for about the first two thirds to just all of a sudden beast mode. And I, and it was just, I thought it just got insanely difficult and it wasn't the races because after a couple of, I, I, I like, have you, I'll ask you, have you beaten this game? I'm sure I did when I was younger. I'm sure I did back in your heyday. Um, yeah. I want better to do except, you know, drink and meet girls and play video games. Yeah. And sit at home and play video games. I get you. It like, it's really easy, and I didn't find the races that difficult because after you learn a track and you know where like the hardest turns are, where the shortcuts are, or you start upgrading your car and get better cars, most of the races are pretty beatable. They be they come with a challenge after a while, but it's 
like uh, uh, not an insurmountable challenge, but it was the fucking police chases, Joe. And it just, it went from like, this is fun. I like running away from the cops and destroying stuff. And there was a couple of times where they'd almost pin me in and I'd get away. And then it just felt like, and maybe I'm just not good. Maybe some people are just gonna be like, we'll get good. But like, I read some reviews of this game after I finished. And they, that was the biggest criticism that they had as well, is that it just starts to get like, and it, it's not a gradual build. It just goes from like pretty easy and fun to all of a sudden like fucking souls level of hard. Like, like it's just impossible to fucking get away. Um, I don't know. Maybe that no, was just you're, me. you're right. There, there was. I can't remember where exactly the point in the game, but yeah, there was a point in the game where it just got. They did it, the difficulty level just spiked, and there wasn't much else you could do. Like I got to the, I think I got to the number four on the blacklist of the fifteen, and then it got to the point where you needed like a couple million worth of bounty score to like to to access the next race. And I had all my races done, I had all my milestones done, but I needed more bounty. And I'd start running away from the cops, but then the cops would level up so much that like. I would race, dude, it was so infuriating. I'd probably spend 20 minutes on a police chase, get to all of the like little prerequisites it wants me to do, like do X amount of dollars worth of damage, get through so many um, uh, police blockades and shit like that. And then like for the fucking life of me, I could not get away from the cops because then they start sending in like the battering ram jeeps that just want to hit you, like to break your car and stuff like that. And I just couldn't fucking get away. And then I'd get caught and then I'd have to do it all over again. And I have to do it all over again. And that was, I got to the point where I was like, I don't know if I just haven't figured out what I'm supposed to do, but I can't fucking beat this. Like it went from fun to like frustratingly difficult. Fuck. I'm mad right now. Just thinking about it. Fuck. <laughs> like it was, ah, oh, anyway, I just, it, it irritated me. That's all. It just got really difficult. Um, it, it did. I mean, if you, if you couldn't do it in a couple, you know, in two or three tries, right? Like you just, you were pissed off. You wanted to throw your controller and you wanted to go on, but you couldn't. And that was, and yeah. And the thing was, was like, there's no other choice. Like, I guess like you could cheese the game and just do like little things to like get, you know, a couple thousand worth of bounty bounce, a couple thousand worth of bounty bounce, a couple thousand worth of bounty get out before the heat gets turned up too high. But like when you literally need millions of bounty points to, to get these, it was like, I was like, fuck, like this is going to take me days. But then you go on one oh, massive yeah. run where you get all the bounty. And then it, by that point, the heat is so turned up, it's impossible to get away. And again, maybe I'm just not good enough, but I could not fucking beat it. And it, and like, that was what, if it had been, if I was just losing races, I think I would have stayed calm. Cause I would have been like, okay, well I have to try the race again and learn the track better. I have to try the race again and learn the track better. But these fucking police chases, like they take, they're, they're not five minute races. Like I said, I, I would invest 20, 25, 30 minutes in a fucking chase and not be able to lose them. And yep. it was just, fuck me, man. Ah, oh, it was just too, well, it was too much. And I think one of the things, that, and it did kind of help on that level, trying to get the bounty and stuff, you know, was all the little, little side areas and the, and the shortcuts and everything all throughout the actual races, just spread up, spread out amongst the map. Yeah. You know, yeah. you really need to know that. Oh yeah. You need to like, yes. Agreed. Even like when you get into some of the more difficult races near the end, like, they're expecting that, like, you've been playing this for a while, you know where to go. And it was like, well, and it was, and you kind of do. Like, I found that, like, as I played it, I started to learn where to go. Well, um, and if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure even like the guys you're racing, they start using the, uh, the shortcuts and everything later on in the game, too. Yeah, yeah they do. Uh, which is so great. Like, I like that. I like, like, increase the challenge. I love, dude, to me, like, I, and I've never designed a video game. I have to imagine one of the hardest aspects of making a video game, excuse me 
one of the hardest aspects of making a video game is to slowly ratchet up the, the like not to compare need for speed most wanted to like super mario brothers but like in the first super mario brother the first level all it is is like slowly walking goombas and koopa troopas then we start to throw in jumping bad guys then we start to throw in bullets then we start to throw in hammer brothers like they and like every video game in the history of video games has to figure out that balance level of ratcheting up the difficulty where it doesn't overpower you but it also doesn't make the game too simple either and no that's my only real criticism of this game and maybe it's just that i'm not very good but i i felt better when i read reviews and saw a lot of people saying that that's the one complaint uh yeah right here it says right here too easy at first too hard later on that's the only problem i had with it, it was i and i don't even know how i can't imagine how difficult that balance is but i didn't think he was there um and it, and it got to the point where i got frustrated and was like i'm done i fucking can't beat like i'm not good maybe i'm just not good at this i mean i'm not good at this game at all but maybe that was the problem was i just gave up i couldn't do it um well again i mean it's no different than well i hate to say it, like you know speed running anything too right i mean it's that repetition it's that practice but yeah, yeah. you get rewarded for it at the end of the day i mean you know one thing that i, mean, I guess one of one of the kind of the neat features but i didn't use it that much obviously that the bullet time thing yeah so like go ahead like when you were first using it you know on your let's play there of it and like you're just doing it around like every other corner i was like the fuck are you doing and (laughs) yeah you need and of course you'd oversteer or understeer and it would just you'd have to it would slow you right down altogether and leave hit the wall or whatever it is and that wasn't something I rarely, rarely used unless it was, you know, when the, where I found it really useful was the, it was a, when there was a blockade, right? Right. Being able to use it just to, just to touch it, to squeeze through, or even the, um, oh, when you were like knocking down the water tower or, you know, some of the buildings and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. When you're running, but, if you if you've never played it, when you're running away from the cops, you can trigger these like events that will like. Like you can run under a water tower and it'll fall down and like land on some of the cop cars and buy you a little bit of time to get away. And yeah, like the the bullet time mechanic where you can temporarily slow the game down. I was using it to go around really tough corners and stuff like that, but I never even thought of that. You're probably right. That's a great idea to slow things down and you're coming up on a big blockade and be like, okay, what side is the spike strip on? So I know which side to go to, to get around it type thing. Um, That's a good idea. I love that fucking mechanic. I thought that was so cool. The, the fucking slow motion shit. I think that's fucking awesome. I just... Uh, it yeah. definitely has its place. But. Yeah, I... So, okay, so, like, I, like I'll, I'll ask you, before we get back into the good stuff, because, like, I, I, I really don't think I have any other major criticisms. I found the bounty system a little frustrating to figure out, and then once I figured it out, I liked it until I couldn't beat it anymore. And then I was like, no, I'm not... Get good, and I'm not going to get good. Um, I don't really have any other major criticisms of this game. I just have lots of fun stuff to talk about. Is there anything else about this game you don't like, like that you'd like to poop on? Because the floor is yours if there is. Not really, no. I mean, it's just, I mean, the game, we said, I mean, it's painfully early 2000s in every aspect. Yeah. Um, you know, from the soundtrack to, well, the cars to everything. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, ultimately, it's actually, overall, it's a pretty damn good game. It is a good game. So, as we get back into the good stuff, like, let me just say, like, I get a lot of requests from people to cover like Gran Turismo and driver and people want me to play Forza. And like, I'm just not interested this. I don't care for car racing games. Uh, I like cart racers. I just, I don't dude. I don't think I could name 10 cars. If you told me to name 10 cars right now, I'd be like Ford is a car. 
Like I can't <laughs> name car. Like I don't know anything. I don't know anything about cars. But this game, I think, what the genius of it is, is that you like you and I can't remember if you said it at the beginning of this recording or if you said it before we started recording. You don't need to know shit about these cars to play this game. And I think that's what got my attention. And I'll ask you because I know that you do know your cars and you're kind of in cars. Like, as someone that does know cars, do you prefer something like this where you don't really need to know anything about them? Or do you prefer something like a Gran Turismo that is a lot more in-depth as far as the cars in it and stuff like that? No, I, I prefer something more along this line, like where it is, it, where it's simpler. Like, I mean, I know when you get into like the Gran Turismos and the Forza and stuff, I mean, the amount of shit that you can actually adjust and go into like i mean it's it's literally like running a pit crew what you can actually make little adjustments for now whether it actually makes a difference in the actual car's gameplay i don't know because right. it just it doesn't do anything for me i really don't care if i have to tweak something by three millimeters i don't want to do that i want to put on a supercharger i want to put on some fancy decals and i just want to get out there yeah like I, this is Which, this, what this game does yeah i don't know if this is like a perfect comparison but like for any of you that grew up playing like NHL hits or NFL blitz, like the more arcadey or like hot shots golf compared to like Tiger Woods golf. Like I look at it as like Gran Turismo is, is Madden. Gran Turismo is Tiger Woods golf. Gran Turismo is NHL 22, for example. Whereas this is NHL hits. This is hot shots golf. This is like, it's, it's still, it's still the main, the, the object of the game. Like you're never, you never walk in this game. All you do is drive. Like the whole point of the game is to drive, but you don't need to like, for those of you that are shot like myself that are more scared off of the, the hardcore simulation as like versions of these games. This is a far more like, Hey, just pick the car that you like. You can see the, you can see their acceleration, their top speed and their handling stats. And then it's like, just make it look however you want. Pick the car you like the most and go drive. And that's yeah. like, I didn't realize that's what it was going to be going in. I thought I was getting myself into a Gran Turismo style game, which I don't have a beef with those games. They're just not my type of game. But then when I sat down and started playing it, I felt comfortable right away because I was like, I don't need to know anything about, like, I don't even know what kind of car I had. I have no idea what fucking car I was driving. It doesn't even matter. I just drove the car that I thought was cool. And then I painted it purple and green and named it Donatello um, and fucking loved it. But <laughs> I, I, um, I can't overstate that. If anyone's listening to this and you've never played, a racing game before and you're maybe intrigued if you're looking for just something stupid but not in like a in a uh detrimental way if you're just looking for like a, a like i i don't know how I, i'm gonna sound like i'm slagging on it but i'm not like if you're just looking for a mindless racer this game is it like does that yeah, make sense yeah 100 percent. i gotta and that's exactly what it is like you said anybody can pick it up and jump in and i mean as long as you're not two years old, you can kind of figure out what you're doing pretty quickly in terms of that, of customizing and upgrading your car. Cause it is not a difficult thing. No, I actually love that part. Like, cause between races, you go to like your shop or your, whatever the garage and you can like, you can upgrade your equipment, but like, it's not like you need to pick like which brand of tires you want and this and that you just, you just can buy better equipment and you can see the increase in your stats of your, of your speed, of your handling, of your, um, uh, acceleration, like whatever. And and I liked it. It was like, it kept it very simple. I just bought the stuff that would upgrade my car stats the most. And that was all I had to do. Plus I love the whole, and I know this isn't the only game that does it, but I love the whole idea of like, when you beat a racer, you can get the pink slip to their car. 
Um, yes. I love that idea. Cause I had like this whole garage full of all these cars that I won off of these racers and I would never drive any of them. Cause I just thought maybe that's why I couldn't win either. Cause I wasn't using the better cars. I was just yeah, thinking of the car I liked, <laughs> but, but that said though, like my car was maxed out stats. Like it was all the way full. Like it was pretty fast fucking car. Um, but I like that again, it keeps it simple and you can sell the cars you win off of the racers and then spend that money just, you know, decking out the car you do like or upgrading the equipment, in the car you do like, and it's, it was just, just enough customization to not lose me while also not making it worthless at the same time. Yeah. Um, like not too complicated, not too simple type thing, which I really like. And you, and you kind of said that too. And that might've been one of the issues you probably should have upgraded the car and the, you know, get to the end of the game. Yeah. Pick something a little bit better, a little faster. And... But that's where I was struggling though, because like the cars were going so fast that I was like, I need to stick to one that I know how it handles. But I think again, maybe that's just, you know, I'm a Mario Kart guy and like Bowser is my guy, whether I'm playing it on 50 CC or 150 CC. So it was like, right. I did upgrade my car twice. I took a better car. Um, I just, but that said too, though, like, Again, the only place I, I, it wasn't the races. I could beat all the races. I just kept getting stuck by the fucking cops and I would run and run and run and go through all the little fucking things and go to the hiding places and get away from the helicopters. And it just, that was what lost me. And it wasn't even so much the challenge because I expect a game to get hard near the end. It was just the fact that it would, it, and this is why I won't play the Souls games either because it's one thing when a game beats me over and over and over again, I can live with that. But when I have to put 20, 25 minutes into a run, then lose, then do it all again, I, I don't know how you feel Joe but that's when you start to that's when you get the wrath of Adam is it's like 20 25 minutes to lose and do it all over again as opposed to like five minutes and then lose and do it all over again and I don't know if a better car would have helped me or not there because like I was just I would get barricaded in and they'd start smashing into me and I was like there's nowhere else I can go I maybe there's like a strategy to it I didn't know but that's the only thing that lost me it was like 20 minutes of work down the drain because I took a wrong turn and ended up stuck on the freeway surrounded by these fucking psychopath suicide crashing police vans that are fucking smashing into me with a helicopter up top laughing at me. Fucking cops. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. And they are relentless. They're vicious. Fuck me. But, um, yeah, so I don't mind. I, I like the customization. I like that you can like deck out your car in different colors and stuff like that. I thought that was really cool. I don't know. Did you do any of that? I loved it. I was like playing with like stupid looking pink flames on the side and making it look neon green. And I wanted the ugliest fucking car I could get. Like, oh yeah. Cause there was always that little bit of joy in it when you took some like car that really had no business winning and had it made it the ugliest thing you possibly could. And you sat there and beat like a, what in real life would be like a $200,000 car. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted a car so ugly that even if I lost a race, my opponent wouldn't want the pink slip anyways. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's how I was designing my fucking cars. I had a blast doing that shit. Um, I wanted to get back to the so like the controls itself. Like, you mentioned the bullet time thing. I don't know if that's yeah. technically what it's called. It probably isn't, but that's what everybody calls it. Uh, uh, speed breaker is what they call it. Speed I'm just breaker. looking it up. Yeah. Um, it took me a while to get the hang for that. And then I uh, hang of it. If you've never played it before, it's, it's literally what you would expect. You have this like yellow, um, like meter that fills up as you play. And then at any point, I think you could hit like circle. I think it was. And the game goes into like, 
and like super slow-mo. And if you're taking like a really hard turn, you can correct to bring the front end of your car back so that when you come out of it, you just take off going straight. Or like Joe said, you could use it when you're running away from the cops and slow down time. And then you can be like, okay, the spike strip is on the left. I'm going to steer toward the right. That kind of thing. Um, I didn't use it as often as I thought I should have, but I actually think, yeah, like it took me a long time to get the hang of it. But like, I, is that a normal thing in need for speed? Do you know, like, is that in a lot of their games? That I honestly can't even remember. Okay. Cause like, if it isn't, it should be. Cause I think that is such a fucking awesome mechanic. Like, especially for someone that's not very good. Like me, that's like learning how to play. Um, because the thing is, is like, you can't cheese it. Like if you go into a turn way too fast and it's like a hairpin turn, like it's not like you can turn that on and then just very slowly and casually steer around the bend and then go back into full speed. Like if your car was sliding as you went into that, you're still fucking sliding. You're just sliding in slow motion. So you've got a little bit of time to like figure out how the fuck am I going to come out of this? Um, I, I just think it's a fucking ingenious mechanic. Quite frankly, I actually became one of my favorite parts of the game. Cause it also just looked really cool when you're like ripping around a corner and stuff like that. I loved it. I was so fucking badass. Yeah. Now again, cause it does look cool when you're doing it, right? Cause it obviously stops that whole crazy blur aspect when you are driving as fast yeah. as you're in. Now again, now you said, but now do it through a roadblock. Do it when you're knocking down one of those buildings and now you get to see it all slow, kind of fall down behind you and everything. It's that's really again, where I thought that mechanic really shined. Yeah, that's good. Like, did you ever play Max Payne? I think so, and I probably gave up on it because I really don't remember much it's, about that game. <laughs> I know that some people listen to this are like, yeah, Max Payne! And other people are like, Max Payne fucking sucks. Anyone that thinks Max Payne sucks, you fucking suck. Uh, Max Payne is great, <laughs> but it's like a shooting game, and it had that bullet time mechanic, and it was like so handy when you go into a fight, and you could like... Phew, and like slow shit down and pick a couple of bad guys off and stuff. I never even thought to implement it in this game like that. Like you do where you're like, well, I'm coming up on this water tower that I want to knock down and I can't afford to miss it. So I'm going to slow down so I can make sure I aim properly. I never even thought to use it like that. I was always just like, Oh fuck, I'm going into this turn and I'm going to make an asshole out of myself. I better slow things down so I can at least kind of half-ass pull out of it as I'm going well, in. Um, I mean, you can't, half the time you can make a turn anyways and now you've got half the road blocked off so it really would have helped you there yeah that's a good idea that's a good fucking idea i never thought of that now you mentioned too this is actually one of my favorite things about this game you mentioned that like when it slows when you go into slow down time it gets rid of that motion blur graphic kind of mechanic um before we get into any of that part just let me say i played this on a i played the ps2 version on a backwards compatible ps3 so I played the PlayStation 2 version of this game, and that came out uh, November 15th, 2005. So this is a 16-and-a-half-year-old game. I I was at, like, I don't even know if I can add it, like properly express how impressed I was with how good this game looks. Like, this does not look like a PS2 game, in my opinion. Oh, no. It's absolutely gorgeous. Oh, dude. And I'm not a graphics guy. I don't really care. Make your game fun. Don't worry about the graphics. But th this game, and I, I'm assuming that that motion blur mechanic you mentioned, because everything is kind of fuzzy while you play. Everything's kind of blurry. I assume that was done on purpose to help the game run smoother and look better, but it works so well. Like that, I, there wasn't a single time I sat down and played this where I, I didn't just catch myself kind of being like, God damn, this is a good looking video game. Like, it's stunning looking. It's really impressive. Really impressive. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Podcasting's a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad. The ugly, I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And BetterHelp is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash remember the game today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash remember the game. Now, one of the things that I read, and I can't remember where I read it, and I mean, obviously, I never would have picked up on this um, at the original playthrough, is one thing that I guess they were talking about was the lighting in the game. Okay. And like, and, and the shadows. is, And they weren't just like regularly programmed or, you know, regularly, you know, brought into the game. But it was actually kind of dynamic to where the lighting features were. So like the the shadows were actually accurate based on where the sun oh. was or where the lights are. I never even and noticed they, that, but yeah, I'd believe. No, it. I, I'd believe that. Yeah, they said it was just based on whatever engine there, whatever EA, yeah, because it was EA had developed for uh, some weird light engine. They they implemented that, and they said that was actually something that actually saved a lot of time, and you know allowed them to you know make use of the blurriness and make use of some of the colors and how vibrant the game could be. Oh, it just works so well. That blurriness, like, when I think of PS2 games, I think of Bully. I think of Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas. Like, I, you know, like Metal Gear Solid 2. Um, not bad. Well, Metal Gear Solid 2 kind of sucks. But, like, not bad games. But, like, like, I just played Resident Evil Code Veronica. And it's a great game. But, like, to me, PlayStation 2 games are better looking playstation one games and playstation one games look like they're just characters made out of lego bricks and pretty much and playstation two games you can still kind of see that mechanic but they're all smooth edges and stuff like they're they're not awful looking games uh but i like this game i i i you could have convinced me this was like a mid to late gen ps3 game and maybe i'm just crazy and i don't pay enough attention to graphics but i just not enough can be said to how good this game looks the cutscenes, not so much the cutscenes no, look terrible the cut, no the the cutscenes are terrible, but the fucking gameplay itself. This is, it, it's it it actually the the faster you're going, the better the game looks. Um, yep. and I think it's that blur effect. And I was just, uh, as someone that doesn't care about graphics, your graphics have to be really special to get me like, wow, look at that. And this game did it. I, I I'm looking at images of it right now, and I still am not convinced this is a PS2 game. Like, no, holy like, fuck. I'm looking at a picture right now of a Porsche. Yeah, on a slight you know decline with the sun ahead of it right it, like it was setting yeah and just the way that the sun 
as reflecting off and actually the shadows that the car is making because i mean like the the spoiler is making a shadow on the car the reflection of the trees and everything else like it, it's they did a very very good job for this yeah yeah it's impressive you know i gotta ask you too like someone someone listening to this is gonna lose their fucking minds right now what's the point of the spoiler like what what is that thing for is it just to look cool well, if you're driving like a little Honda Civic or a little WRX around Edmonton, yeah, that's all you have it for. Okay. But no, in uh, <laughs> I don't know. Real, I, yeah, like, are they do they a, serve a purpose at all? On fast cars, uh, when you're racing, yes, it actually creates more downforce because you got the air, you know, going up, you know, over top of it, and so it'll actually help push the car down and keep the car a little more planted. Oh, okay. So it'll just help, like, so will that in turn like help you just like go a little faster. Or like handle in a little theory. bit in theory. Yeah. Okay. I just like, I, and I'm sorry if anyone listening to this has like a car that you love with like a spoiler on it, but like, I, I hate those things. I don't get it. I just don't, I don't get it. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know anything about cars, so you can all make fun of me and that's fine, but I just don't understand the point <laughs> of them. And I was just like, what is like, am I supposed to have this like little tray on the back of my car? Like what the fuck is this goddamn thing? But Okay. Right. Now I don't like the big massive, you know, stand up, like you could sit underneath of it, eat your dinner off of it. Kind of, you know, I don't like those ones. Right. But just that little lip spoiler that just comes up like about an inch right off the trunk there. That can change the look of a car. Like we've got a, uh, oh my god, we got a Corvette sitting in the showroom right now, and it. Don't get me wrong; it's a gorgeous looking car. But when we finally put that spoiler on it again, it might be an inch and a half, two inches high. Like okay. it, it's it's nothing to it, and it changes the whole look of that car. Okay. All right. All right. Well, so the, so okay. So like I wasn't like I wasn't sure if it was a cosmetic thing or if it had like an actual like mechanical purpose. It sounds like it's a little bit of both. So all right. Yeah. All it, right. Have, yeah. It definitely has a purpose on a true racing car to some extent. Absolutely. Okay. Good to know. All right. Well, I'm never gonna race cars, so I'm never getting a fucking spoiler. We have like a Kia fucking Sportage. I'll put a spoiler on the roof and just be like, no, don't you understand? <laughs> this is this is fucking. This will keep us closer to the ground. So we're we're running away from the cops. This will make us just tell us that I said you needed it, and it'll help fuel economy. Yeah, it'll help fuel economy. Yeah, fuck. In this day and age, that's it. Oh, dude, that's another thing that I like about this game. Um, oh my god, dude, fucking, you just put it right in my head. I meant to bring this up earlier. You don't have, you never have to deal with putting gas in your car. You never have to deal with repairing your car. It doesn't matter how much you smash your car up. The next race, your car is perfect again. And I love that. I don't know if everybody loves that. I love not having to deal with that shit. Uh, this, I, I don't even want to call this a criticism because it's really not. Um, but like when you're looking at a game like Burnout, you know, running along the same time frame of this one, yeah, they had a little more realistic car damage. Okay, that's. I, I know it's minor. It's stupid to even bitch about that about this game, but you know. But now, yeah, but right, you're never repairing anything. But when you say more realistic car damage, do you mean in the sense of like it looks more realistic, or in the sense of like you have to fix it more realistic? Just the fact that it looks it, like you know, like if okay. you hit the wall, you might have a scrape on the side where you don't in this game, right? Or yeah, if, yeah, <laughs> you're not you're ripping around with a bumper hanging <laughs> off. Or... Anyone that was watching me play this game, that like dot my, because I called my car Donatello, both my cars, they were green with purple on them, they were Donatello. Uh, poor Donatello should have been just a gray box full of scratches like it like and they weren't 
And I could see how some people would be like, this is bullshit. But again, and, I, and if I'm wrong, I'm going to hear about it. But like, I interpret these games as, again, the arcadey version of car racing compared to the more simulation-y ones of other ones. I like that. Like, I loved that. Never once did I have to like, did I have to withdraw from a race because I wrote my car off. Or I had to fucking go back to the shop to like shell out thousands of dollars to get my car fixed. Like, you never have to repair anything in this game. And as someone that knows nothing of cars and just wants to drive around like a maniac, that was fucking, that was the secret sauce. Like I enjoyed this game so much because I didn't have to deal with that kind of stuff that like it's I, before everyone's like, play this one, play this one. It's not happening anytime soon. I will probably play another need for speed game at some point because I just thought it was the perfect balance. It was real cars with fairly real physics and great looking graphics and realistic and all that kind of stuff. But they were like, we know not everybody wants to deal with all of the, like I, I play video games to get away from real life. And I have a car in real life that I have to put very expensive gas in and fucking get fixed all the time and stuff like that. I don't want to deal with that in my video game and you don't have no. to. And I loved that. Just the car was just mint condition after every race. It was fucking perfect. No, you know, and I think, I know, like the damage has gotten a little more realistic in some in the future Need for Speed games. Okay, like just how, and I'm pretty sure there is somewhere you actually have to repair. But I, or maybe you just have to go in the shop and it does automatically. I can't remember. Sure. But no, I've, I, yeah, I'm still playing Days Gone three years later. Come on now. Yeah, even, I was gonna, dude. I didn't want to bring it up, but I was gonna ask. So if anyone doesn't know, Joe's been playing Days Gone since before Days Gone came out. Like, like Joe will be playing Days Gone until he's gone. He'll be fucking. Yeah. He's just never stopped. And so I was gonna ask you, hey, have you beat Days Gone yet? But I just assumed that you haven't. No, you, you guys will all know the day I do. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I love that mechanic. I, I just I can't get over how good this game looks. And um, another thing I wanted to point out, and I'm, I'm before. I'll be honest, I don't know a lot of these songs because I just don't listen to this type of music very much. Um. But every time people came by the streams while I was playing it, people like when a good song came on, like I legitimately had people being like, hey, just like lay out for a minute and just let us listen into the song. Um, the, the soundtrack of this game is pretty. It, the soundtrack of this game fits this game very well. Like I, it, I love it, the soundtrack in this game. And I mean, I'm, actually, I just pulled it up to look it up here, too. And I mean, I obviously recognize a couple of the songs. But for the most part, it's just I remember it from the game. Right. And it just like to me, like I, like to me, I think anyone that grew up playing the Tony Hawk games remembers like that's the soundtracks of the uh -huh. Tony Hawk games are such a big part of what makes those games so special. And uh, the soundtrack got me rock partial. I might have to play some Tony Hawk now. Yeah, like the music makes the game more fun. And I will say, as someone that doesn't even listen to much of this type of music. I was like, dude, the music adds to this game. Like, it just, when your adrenaline's going and those songs are on and shit, like, you're like, you know, fucking goddamn Disturbed comes on. And you, oh, my God. It was, it adds so much to it. And it's from that fucking, I know that games still have soundtracks like this, but I just, to me, it's kind of a lost art. Like, the, like, the Tony Hawks and these games and, like, that, that licensed soundtrack just getting you pumped up while you're playing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just... I don't feel like it happens as often. Maybe I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there, maybe I'm just not playing the right types of games. But that was a uh, this kind of felt like playing Tony Hawk, but racing cars instead. In the sense of this licensed soundtrack just fit the game so perfectly, so perfectly. Yeah. Okay. But you and I are also old now, and we don't understand what music is these days and what they actually play. What's current? That's so. true. That's true. 
So if there are still games out there like that, then okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm just going to play my old man card and say they're not as good as the games from my day. Which yeah. <laughs> which I'm going to catch I... shit for. But um, but no, the soundtrack of the game just fits it. Like, it controls fairly well. It's got a bit of a learning curve. But I think, yep. I, frankly, I think any racing game probably has it. Like, like, just for example, like you could pick up any football game and you need to learn what all the buttons do, but the players are all going to run the same way. And like racing games are a little bit like you can play, dude, I went from Mario Kart to crash team racing to this. And obviously this is not Mario Kart or crash team racing, but like if I was done with this and then I decided to fire up like Gran Turismo seven, like racing games, the physics and stuff were kind of not bad. They're just, you need to get a feel for it. And in the early going of this game, I was getting massacred in the early easy races because I just had no feel for the controls at all. And there's a couple of parts where you're driving through the fucking park and the goddamn track is like someone laid their hand on a table and traced around their fingers. Like yes. those fucking turns. And I was like, dude, what the shit? But then you once you start to get a feel for it, I actually think this game handles surprisingly well. Like I was... Again, I know I keep repeating myself, but outside of getting stuck on some of those police chases, like I was really having a fucking great time just ripping around this giant city in these cars, just destroying stuff and listening to this badass music. And the city, the city itself looks great. And the further you go into the game, the more parts of the city you unlock and you can see the clear differentials between all the different parts of the city. And sometimes you're in like residential areas and then you're downtown and then you're on like a boardwalk down by the beach and stuff like that. And like, they all look so different from each other, but they're all just so fun to play, you know? And you mentioned the shortcuts, bro. Dude, you figure out like the back alleys, you figure out like the underground parking garages under buildings buildings that you can like rip through to like hide from people that was like the coolest thing in the game to me was shit like that um it's a fun it's fun to just drive around and look at quite frankly it would get old but it's fun to just, it was kind of like the G- gta without getting out of the car okay but you couldn't drive around that long like because they, they did have that free roam ver you know in the game where you could just instead of just you know hitting the start button and selecting your next race or your next challenge you could drive around to it yeah but you always get caught in a goddamn pursuit. Always, bro. And that was so it and that's something else. And this isn't this I don't think this is the game's fault. I think this is me being stupid's fault. But there was a lot of instances in the early going where I was like, fuck, I need to do like two more milestones, like two more speeding tickets or whatever. And I had to like drive across the fucking map. And the GPS in this game, granted, it's a GPS from 2005, but the GPS in this game can jump off a fucking bridge. Like the GPS in this game fucking (laughs) sucks. But then finally I realized, yeah, you can just open the pause menu, pick the the speed trap or the race you want to go to, and it'll fast travel you to it. And that was yeah. so much better. Cause you're right. Not only are you like, you get lost all the time trying to figure out where these things are, but bro, you run into the cops so much. And the thing is, is like when you need to build up your bounty, running away from the cops is a good thing. But I also found that there's so many instances where like, I swear to God, it's Springfield's police force in this fucking game. Because when like, <laughs> you're trying to get it, like you're trying to get them to chase you and you're like stopping and waiting for them to catch up and stuff. Like, the, like they're either too easy to get away from or fucking impossible to get away from. And it was so annoying when you trigger a police chase that you didn't want to do. And you're like, well, fuck, now I just need to deal with this before I can go try that fucking mission again. Because you can't just exit out of a police chase. You have to fucking get away from them. Um, yeah, I know you have. Or, you, or just accept getting caught. Yeah, which fucking, like, originally I thought, like, oh, whatever. I have so much money that I'm not spending. I don't give a fuck. But then I realized that, like, you only get so many toes on your car, and then eventually they take your fucking car away. So, which I was <laughs> like, fuck that noise. Hey, that was kind of a nice touch, though. Sure it was. 
Yeah. I frankly, like I get like in the sense of realism, I'm like, how the fuck do you guys, I literally destroyed half the city. You basically called in the fucking national guard to catch me. And then you find me $2,000 and we're like, all right, go ahead. And like, yeah. like, like what the fuck? But like, it was just, it was frustrating. Like, cause when you beat, uh, one of the blacklist people, they would let you pick. I actually like this mechanic. You get to pick from two of like six, uh, like, like face down cards. And it could be the pink slip of their car. It could be a free upgrade for your car. It could be a free tow if you get caught. Like, there was all kinds of things. I really liked that mechanic. I just didn't realize how close I was to losing Donatello until someone on the stream was like, bro, if you get caught one more time, that car's fucking done. Um, which I don't think is a bad mechanic other than it frustrated me that I was going to lose my car. But I love that picking two cars out of six thing. No, it just added a nice little bit of randomization to it as well. Yeah. And the only frustrating thing was that if you wanted the, the, the racer's pink slip, you had to get lucky and draw it out of those cards. And I didn't get the first couple. It didn't matter because I didn't use their cards anyway, or their cars anyway. But I was like, why well, beat you fair and square? I thought the rules were if you lost the race, you had to give me your car. So why the fuck? So you're like, ah, oh, you beat me. Pick a hand and the pink slips in one of them. Like, I was like, no, I beat you. Fuck it, give me your car. But didn't didn't matter. I, I like the mechanic. I, I personally think it would have been cooler if you got their car automatically and then you had to you got two like random extra prizes, uh, but that doesn't doesn't matter. It, that's just me just bitching for the sake of bitching about something. That's all that is. Well, um, as I said, I mean, I'm looking at like the the blacklist cars, uh, you know, in order here, and yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to take the car because it wasn't. It, it's not like ugh, just trying to remember the game exactly, but going at any certain level, it's not like it was a huge huge jump from car to car to car, even the one you were racing them with, right? Like it was just a slightly better version yeah, than yeah. what you were. So it wouldn't have been a terrible, quick little upgrade every time you won a car if you wanted to use it. Yeah, it was just like, I, and I, I just, I just, again, really minor criticism. My, it's just my understanding was that that's what happens is you race for pink slips. Like that is literally what your bet is: is each other's pink slips. Well, yeah. And they say that at the beginning of the game, that's what you're doing. Yeah. And then when I win, I have to be lucky and draw your pink slip. Like if I'm it, like, if I had been a completionist and I wanted to have everybody's car by the end, I would have been fucking pissed. Cause I didn't get the very first guys. I think I got most of them after that, but I didn't get the very first guy's car. And I was like, well, this is crap. Like I thought that was the whole point with fucking racing. So if I lose, do I, I mean, I guess if I lose, it doesn't matter. I can just pick recharge restart. So I, I guess to be fair, it's not like they're getting my pink slip either. But I was, you know, in theory, I'm like, well, if I lose, do you get a one in six shot at getting my fucking pink slip? This is crap. But anyway, um, I don't really know. I'm sure someone's going to yell at me for not bringing up something else. I didn't play any of the other modes. All I ever played was the main campaign mode. I didn't play any. I don't even know if it was multiplayer or anything. I think it was, but I didn't play any of that. Have you played with any of the other modes? Is there anything I missed? I don't, I don't think so. And I mean, we all know I'm a PlayStation guy through and through, but, uh, it looks like this game had online for just the Xbox and PC, not oh. the PlayStation. Okay, it looks that, like. that would make sense. Um, so if you're asking about the other modes, I didn't play any of them. Um, I don't know when you're going to get another car game on this podcast because I really just don't get them. They're not really my thing. But like credit given where it's due, I went out and spent $30 to buy a copy. I got the black edition or whatever, like the collector's edition of this game for my PS2 to play it for the podcast after one of our Patreon poll. And like, this is as out of my comfort zone as I've probably ever gotten on this podcast playing a game for it. And I had a really, really good fucking time. And you want to know something as we start to wrap this up, it was fun to play a game from EA that didn't suck. 
<laughs> like it was fun to go back to a time when EA wasn't just microtransactions. How much can we fuck our players over? This is from like the Def Jam, uh, some of the best NHL game era. This is like this is EA back when EA was not the greasy bastards we know they are today. And I know that's because you couldn't really do microtransactions on a PS2, or they probably would have. But it was just really fun to go back and play a game that like. You just bought the game. It was from EA. And I bought a game and that was the whole game. There was no DLC, no nothing. That was just the game. And it was just really... And it's a good video game. It's not like Madden this year and shit like that where EA makes all these broken video games. Like it was... I don't know. I hope that makes sense. It was just really like... It was fun to remember a time when EA wasn't what they are today. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's nice taking that out of the equation. Because we all hate EA now. But like there was a time where they were they were fucking... They were pretty red. Like, I loved EA back in this era. Like I said, Def Jam was rad. The NHL games were fun. Madden was fun. The Tiger Woods games were fucking incredible. Like, EA was firing on all cylinders back then. So, oh, yeah. I, I was just about all my collection at one time. <laughs> yeah. Like, like if, if you want to play some EA, go back and play these. Um, before we – well, we'll score it first, and then I'll ask you my final question. Uh, did we forget anything? Is there anything before we score it? Is there anything that you like? You're just foaming at the mouth to bring up that we thought of that we didn't think of? Mm-hmm. No, I mean we talked about the customization and how simple it was. We talked a little bit about the soundtrack, the speed breakers. I mean, I think we pretty much that's the game. Yeah, I think so too. I don't <laughs> know what really I'm really the game in a nutshell. I have no idea what I'm going to put in this episode for music, but I'll figure that out later. Um, yeah, okay. Oh, what the hell? Oh, fuck off. There's a spammer calling my. Sorry, everybody. There was a spammer calling my fucking cell phone as we were recording. I was going to answer it and talk to them on the radio. But I was, like, worried that they'd be like, your SIN number is, and fucking, like, list off that. Or, anyway, um, there's 15 members of the blacklist. So, to me, that's the easiest way to score this thing is out of 15. So, Joe, the, the floor is yours. If you had to score Need for Speed Most Wanted out of 15, what blacklist ranking would you give it? Honestly, uh, I'd probably have to give it, like, a 12. 12 out of 15? 12. That's pretty good. Around there, yeah, right around there. Because I said it's not perfect, but it is pretty damn good. And I mean, and you proved it; it's still playable today. Oh God, was it playable today? It was. It was. I had no problem. Like, dude, I literally just finished playing GoldenEye 007, and I know that GoldenEye is a little older than this game is. But like some retro games, <laughs> trying to play them today is not an easy feat. Uh, this one. Maybe it's because I don't have any modern racers in my muscle memory to, to try to get past. But like I within like an hour, I was like, this is fucking awesome. And then I had a great time until I got stuck near the end. So I'm going to, yeah, I'll give it like a 13. Even though I couldn't beat it, I had so much fun. Like for the time I spent with this game, it was a fucking blast. And I will probably consider playing another one at some point. And that was what I wanted well, to ask you. Uh, if you don't know, that's fine. But it, is there another need for speed now that I, well, you're on the phone that you would recommend? Honestly, I'd probably just try the next one in the series. Okay. I, I like none of them. Like said, none of them really stand out to me as terrible. None of them really jump out and like, oh my god, you have to play this game, right? Sure. They just they're a good game. You could probably pick anyone. I wouldn't. Don't think I'd go back any further. Any of the older ones, per se. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked I mean, up... like this was kind of the first integration with uh, with the police as as heavy as they are, right? Oh yeah, and, okay continue with the underground street racing. So it kind of, I think this was a good launching point for them. Yeah. I looked up a list ranking all the need for speeds. I read two of them and this game was actually at the top of both of the lists. 
So I think we might have come in near the top. And I know so many people, listen, I, I know I'm going to get comments from people being like, you should play this one or play this one. I, I, it's It'll be probably, it'll be quite some time before I play another one of these games. This was a fun trip out of my, my comfort zone, but now I'm going back into my comfort zone for a little while. And I'm going to stick with Mario Kart because that's where I, there's no cops in Mario Kart. Uh, and not that I'm ever going to tell you not to play another Need for Speed game because I absolutely think you should. Definitely put a burnout game on that list. Burnout, eh? Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, then, uh, you know what? If it fucking, if it sucks, I'm bringing you on the show as my guest, and you're going to get fucking Echo the Dolphin if it's not good. But I'll, uh, all right. You know what? I'm not, I'm not opposed to playing another racer at some point. It's not coming right away, but I'm not opposed to it. I had a really good time with this game. So I'm going to thank everybody that voted for it in our Patreon poll. I was saying to Joe off the air, I put it on our poll thinking it had no chance at winning. And then I could be like, well, see, for all you racing fans, at least I put one of your games on the poll. And then it ran away with the poll. So I was like, oh, fuck. All right. I guess I got to try this game. And like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's almost indescribable to say how much more fun I had with this than I expected. So thanks everyone that voted for this. And uh, Joe, thanks for stepping up and giving me a call and uh, talking about ripping around on cars on the PS2 and running away from the cops and not using slow motion the right way. I appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, no, hey, no, again, thanks for having me on. I know I, uh, as the worst gamer in the crew, at least uh, I got something to say on some games, so. Well, when we, you know what, in like 2030, when we cover Days Gone, I'll make sure you're the guest. Because you might be done it by then, too. Might be. Might be. Let's hope so. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Joe, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Need for Speed, Most Wanted, and every single one of you wieners right now listening to this, whether this was your first episode of Remember the Game or maybe your 191st. I can't believe we've done 191 of these fucking things. Uh, no matter how many of these episodes you've listened to, thank you so much for giving me a chance to be one of your many, many potential sources of retro gaming goodness. I really, really appreciate it. Hey, listen, if you didn't hate, if you were like, this was not that bad. If you were like, that was a moderate okay podcast maybe consider leaving us a good review on your podcast service of choice assuming they allow them i have no idea what those pod reviews accomplish but i know the good podcasters ask for them so i'm gonna ask for them as too and if you're like man i can't get enough of this guy's sultry but somewhat squeaky and annoying voice maybe consider supporting us on patreon because for only two bucks a month you get two additional shows every week not two a month you get two every week so in a four week month you get eight additional podcasts i podcast like a motherfucker uh go to patreon.com slash remember the game for more information you also get instant access to our entire back catalog you can join our discord which is at almost 500 members i think now and it's fucking awesome you can play play one remake one erase one and a whole bunch of things uh and five percent of our patreon every month is going to be donated to the salary children's hospital here in edmonton as part of my 24-hour charity stream at the end of the year the only note i will say is if you're hearing this on march 30th or 31st maybe just wait until april 1st to sign up because if you sign up today or if you sign up in the last day or two of the month you're going to get dinged today and then dinged again on april 1st so just wait till april 1st and then you won't get charged again till may 1st and you get a whole month to just sample the goodness that is our patreon podcasts uh, I also have a P.O. box that I don't always remember to, to bring up, but you can find the address at 
rememberthegamepodcast.com. It's P.O. Box 69181, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, T6V1G7. Again, you can find it at rememberthegamepodcast.com. Just shoot me a postcard or a letter, something small. Let me know where you're listening. I'll send you a Remember the Game postcard back. We'll be friends. That's how it works. And uh, finally, check me out on Twitch if you're interested. Twitch.tv slash member the game. I'm over there Tuesday nights and then usually just whenever my comedy schedule allows it. Uh, I don't beg for donations or anything. I'm not looking for your money. You can just come hang out. See the stupid face behind the stupid podcast and we'll play some games and it's lots of fun. Twitch.tv slash member the game. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. You're all the best. March was a record-breaking month for the podcast once again as far as downloads go. Uh, We're creeping up on that magical 100,000 downloads a month number, which is... I didn't think we'd get 100,000 listens in my life, much less in one month. It's fucking insanity. So thank you all so, so much for the support. I really appreciate it. I'll be back next week with Remember the Game number 192, which I'm pretty sure is going to be about the original Sonic the Hedgehog expansion pass tomorrow for our Patreons. We'll be all about the game that made you a gamer. I'll be back on Thursday, Friday. Pardon me. I'll be back on Friday with Game Patch, where we talk about all the biggest news in the world of video games, including the new PlayStation Game Pass equivalent thing, the Breath of the Wild 2 delay, and a whole bunch more. And uh, this is my life now. Thanks a lot, everybody. I'll talk to you again soon. Cheers. Goodbye. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I churn out every week without your support. The following people are supporting us at the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. So I'd like to take a, ma- a moment. <laughs> Nothing could possibly go wrong. I'd like to take a moment to fuck up a bunch of their names and say thank you. So a huge thank you to... Makeshift, Mallow Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, Keegs and His Stupid Arrow Handle, James Clark, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Medeiros, Andrew Wright, Jordan, The Good Enough Gamer on YouTube, Frazier Burns, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Brandon O'Brien, Aaron Lawson, Matt McLean, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Mike Maloney, Very Cool Dude, G9PSX, Raging Demon, Wolfgang Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Chris Coplin, Matt McLean, Wolf Magic 21, Johnny CCDC, Chowdy Loudy, Titan 420, Zonko. 504, Adam Ferrer, Russell Aldridge, Jeff Bergeron, Captain N, Game Nomad Misi, Daniel, Tunable Power, Tom Danks, John Woodruff, Inhuman Sumo, Just a Fish, Noop Q, Dinzalo, Holmes, Zach Shepard, Balsack Teabagger, Chris Dickin, Matthew D'Amico, Clayton Robertson, Frosty Feet 492, Chris Larkin, Austin Cook, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Aaron Price, Dockabai, Ray San Wantongo, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, Sid's Good Leg, Trav H, Mizuru, Nicholas Chaffee, David Marcus, Phil Lencher, Ruben Elizald, Eric James, Riley Turvey, Mexican Johnny, C-Spin, Thomas Smith, Nicola, Munch Makuchi, DB Muppet, Leroy Westrich, Dark Squall, Jerry the 3D Printed Sawstrich, Paul Burke, Evolva, Sean Ramos, Boston Pork Sword, Mad Max, Stud Still Smash, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Solid Rake, Brant Hewitt, Gabriel Dion, <laughs> Gabe, fucking Gabe, I'm done screwing up your name, it's fucking Gabe, Dan Fuselman, Fu- Aaron Mitson, Decoy Man, John Jameson, Wyatt the Surgeon who's not actually a surgeon, Roe, Tyler Nightmare, Terry Douglas, holy fuck, I thought there was more, but that's all of them, holy fuck, I did it, thank you so much for listening everybody, talk to you on the next one, and thanks for the support, goodbye, cheers. Oh yeah, and Purple Monkey Dishwasher. I gotta remember to keep saying that. Purple Monkey Dishwasher. Okay, bye.